Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Fourth State Drive Time. This is Marty Duran coming to you live from I-40 on a gorgeous Nashville morning, just east and headed into town. Happy Friday the 13th. Pet a black cat and walk under a ladder and throw salt over your shoulder and whatever all those other things are you're not supposed to do. Good morning, everybody. The Fourth State Drive Time is brought to you by Suit Up by Philip Larson. Check them out at philiplarson.com, linked in the episode notes today. Great book for the graduate on your list. Deals with a lot of the decision-making that they will have to do once they have left the home and gone to college or otherwise engaged grown-up culture. Also good for college graduates that may still be looking for that particular place in life. Give it a look. Use the coupon code T4E Podcast. And save yourself 10%. I want to thank Philip for uh, advertising this past month and uh, remind you that if you are looking for a place to advertise your book or blog or podcast or clothing or Etsy store or whatever the case might be, then uh, hit me up. Email me, marty at roundtablemediagroup.com, and we will fix you up. Also brought to you by Jord at woodwatches.com. 100% natural wood watches, unique and unforgettable. Same deal with coupon code. T4E podcast save 10% and a tire and wheel just rolled across the interstate. So always something fun on the fourth state drive time. I want to loop back on a couple of things uh, from the last podcast, the last drive time podcast, and uh, talk about ballot access. Uh, I think I speculated in the last podcast that the Constitution Party might be on the ballot in all 50 states. Well, I did a little research, and this is straight from Wikipedia, and uh, the link is in the episode notes. And they, uh, I think they keep this up to date, so uh, this is a good one to kind of bookmark, at least mentally, if not actually in your browser for reference. Uh, here's kind of how it runs right now. The Constitution Party, which is one of the top five in, in terms of size, um, parties in the United States is on the ballot on either 17 or 18 states. It could be 17 plus the District of Columbia. Uh, I'm not exactly clear on that. For a total possible haul of 136 electoral votes. So at this point in time, it is not possible for the Constitution Party candidate to be elected president unless he is also on the ballot on a different party in states where the Constitution Party has no uh, ballot access, and that is doable. So, for instance, a Constitution Party candidate could be on the ballot in, uh, and this is just spitballing here, say Montana, uh, and then another state where they don't have ballot access, and we'll just say Maine, just to be using an example. But the... uh, another party that doesn't have a candidate has ballot access in Maine, then that same individual can, in many instances, be nominated or represent that party in, uh, in Maine, for instance, and could still be on the ballot even though not in the Constitution Party. But uh, currently, 17 or 18 states, the Constitution Party has ballot access for the presidential election. The Green Party has 21 state ballot access plus the District of Columbia for a total of 296 electoral votes. So it is possible for a Green Party candidate this year, that would be Jill Stein, 
to be elected president. Now, you see that it would not be easy because the Green Party candidate would have to take virtually all of the states where they have ballot access. So of the 21-plus Washington, D.C., they would have to take, oh, I don't know, say at least 18 of those, depending upon which 18 it is, in order to be able to claim the presidency. The Libertarian Party, which I would have sworn had 50-state ballot access, according to Wikipedia, does not have 50-state ballot access. It has 22 states, or, and I think this is 22 states and not including the District of Columbia, for a total of 332 possible electoral votes. So there is a greater possibility, as far as the math goes, that a Libertarian Party candidate would be elected president uh, before a Green Party candidate would because of the way that the states and electoral votes fall. So Democrats and Republicans, of course, on the ballot in every state, and then every other um, party has less than 50 state ballot access. But clearly the Green Party and the Libertarian Party are being strategic and have enough ballot access to conceivably win the presidency outright, however unlikely it might be at this time. And the Constitution Party does not have enough votes, or, uh, electoral college votes represented to win the presidency outright, but they certainly have enough electoral college votes represented uh, to disrupt. Now, going back to my uh, hypothetical from a couple of weeks ago, um, the goal would not be to try to get as many votes for the Libertarian Party across the nation, for instance, as possible. The goal would be to go into states where there is already ballot access for the Libertarian Party, the Green Party, the Constitution Party, and have a concerted effort by independent voters and disgruntled Republican and Democratic voters that purely for the sake of disruption that, for instance, you'd go into, just to give an example, New Mexico, uh, South Dakota, uh, one of the larger southern states, maybe Georgia or Tennessee, and then uh, a state like Ohio, and then Utah and Idaho, or whatever, and then in each one of those states, you would agree uh, to promote one of those candidates, not all three, and all of the Libertarians, all of the Constitution Party, all of the Green Party, all of the disaffected Republicans, Democrats, and independent voters would then agree in those states to vote for that one candidate, knowing that that candidate isn't going to be elected president because they would never get enough electoral votes, nor would the party. So it's a, uh, what I proposed was a unique strategy. It's more of a thought exercise than anything else, but it is doable. And were there uh, more organization and somebody who felt the need or desire to lead such a charge, it could be done. It would just be a lot more effort. Uh, and frankly, there'd have to be some trust placed in people who don't even know each other. Wall Street Journal is reporting that the naval officer who was in charge uh, of the naval exercise in which the Iranians captured 10 U.S. sailors and held them, uh, that that officer has now been fired. The actual terminology, I think, is reassigned from that post, citing, and I'm quoting the article now, loss of confidence and ability to command. So uh, naval officer removed who was responsible, or at least who was in charge, when uh, our ship was held by the Iranians, or our uh, sailors were held by the Iranians. From a couple of days ago, I actually overlooked this when in the last podcast my notes were kind of uh, 
jumbled up. Uh, the the Iraqi news reporting outlet Rudaw R U D A W is worth following. They uh, they do better reporting from stuff that's happening in Iraq than um, almost anyone else does, and they typically are accurate. There was a car bomb that was set off in the Areba Bazaar. Uh, the first part of this week. It was either Monday or Tuesday, I think. And uh, 50 people were killed, another 60 wounded. I think those are the latest figures. Um, And that happened uh, earlier this week. Uh, What wasn't mentioned in some American outlets, and I'm not sure why uh, this was the case, but there were also four suicide bombers who detonated their uh, payloads, whether they were suitcases or vests or whatnot, but the interesting thing is these guys must have been uh, engineering or physics fails or whatever because uh, they failed to kill anyone except themselves. So they truly were suicide bombers. They, uh, all four of them detonated their payloads, and they just died. So uh, thankfully, they were inept suicide bombers and uh, only fulfilled their desire to die and didn't take anyone else with them. Uh, Donald Trump. Uh, rattling his uh, gums again, now accusing Jeff Bezos, the owner uh, uh, or the CEO of Amazon.com and owner of the Washington Post newspaper, uh, of having all sorts of trouble. And you can just imagine the Donald describing someone else's financial problems and ending it with "Believe you me." Uh, typically, if you if you want to know what of all the stuff that Donald Trump says you need to fact check. Uh, It's pretty much when he starts with any word and ends with anything related to believe me or I know what I'm talking about or I can do this or make America great again. Uh, Any of those, if you hear any of those phrases in anything that Trump says, that's that's a good indicator that you should probably fact check it. there was an interesting report. So, so what Trump is uh, alleging, and uh, you can see this one coming, the Washington Post has said that they're going to do an in-depth expose on Trump now that he is the presumptive nominee, which could consist of as many as 20 articles going back through every facet of his life and the potential that the writers of these articles would collaborate on a book. Now, I don't know all the specific details, but that's generally speaking. So now uh, Mr. Trump has come out swinging against Jeff Bezos and accused him of potential antitrust violations and all kinds of things that most certainly would catch the SEC completely off guard. Uh, but I would, you know, I would just wager that if anyone should know uh, what it means to be in trouble with the government, the IRS, the SEC, or anybody else, that, um, well, anyway, you get the message. Interestingly, the current executive editor of the Washington Post is Martin Barron, Marty Barron. And if you've seen the movie Spotlight, you might recognize that name. Marty Barron was the executive editor of the Boston Globe when the Spotlight team uncovered the priest pedophilia scandal. Uh, priest sexual abuse scandal uh, that was made into or that was um, uh, brought into culture through the recent movie Spotlight, the Oscar winner for last year, Best Picture. Uh, Marty Barron is now the executive editor at uh, the Washington Post. 
Now, for all of the faults of the press generally and all the failures of the press generally, uh, there are some jewels. And from what I can tell, Marty Barron, the executive editor of the Washington Post, is one of those jewels. And there's a quote from Marty Barron that was quoted in Politico. It's in the episode notes, the link to the story and the quote from Marty Barron. I would encourage you to check it out because whenever it's Marty Barron's word against Donald Trump's word, uh, there really isn't a choice as to who you ought to believe. And um, let's just say Marty Barron disputes the version of the Donald. This is Marty Duran with the Fourth State Drive Time. Thanks for listening. Brought to you by Suit Up. Check it out. Philip Larson, P H I L L I P Larson, L A R S E N dot com, and Jord at woodwatches.com. At either one of those, use the coupon code T4E podcast. Save yourself 10%. The Fourth State Drive Time and the Fourth State Podcast are brought to you by Roundtable Media Group. Check out roundtablemediagroup.com for the growing collection of affiliated and produced podcasts at that awesome website, that, of which I'm glad to be a part. Um, I think that's it. Check out Todd Littleton's podcast, Pathological. Also, check out my friends Ryan and Phil with Conversation Rules. And Phil also has a couple of times a week uh, short-form podcast similar to Drive Time. I think he calls it Road Rash or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but uh, you can check that out, too, and subscribe. My buddy Mark Kelly with a brand-new podcast called God's Revolution. Please check those out. And since it's Friday, let me say, I hope you have a fantastic weekend.